Yes, hello there. Uh, why your business needs PR? It's an essential element. That's the title of today's topic. And uh, as you're aware, Franchise Simply are committed to making sure you're insured about all areas that are relevant to business, and particularly PR. It's one that is critical. So great to be with you. Um, I'm really excited because I've got a, a guest who I've been trying to snare for some time. She's so busy, she's not looking for work. So that's an indication. So a quick reminder to you all. Have your pen and paper ready because I'm sure you'll get some notes of really great value. Um, and just a reminder for our Franchise Simply members that this will be available on our members' area and a transcript to the radio show will be available in due course. So um, from the point of view of today's speaker, Fiona Knott has extensive communications, marketing and PR experience in the private and public sectors. She's had quite some experience. She was... Um, uh, involved in getting a high profile for uh, South East Queensland City Area Logan City Council. Uh, she was involved in, uh, as well, 20 years as a specialist in uh, communications with the Department of Defence. She's worked in local government. She's got a passion, she tells me, and a love for crafting the perfect pitch and getting a devotion to that excellence. And I've, I met Deanna because I was introduced by one of her clients who was just simply raving about her. So, she comes well advised by a large uh, franchise group. Um, Deanna's energy and expertise in communication field led to her having key roles in the public sector, including appointment as the aide de camp for the Governor of South Australia. Um, she served in the Royal Air serves in the Royal Air Force as a squadron leader reservist, and she's been awarded the Australian Defence Force Silver Medal commendation um, for her, her efforts. She's also um, a couple of years ago, was appointed PR to the PR Institute of Australia, Queensland Council, and she's um, very keen in supporting younger members of our population. She sits on the board of Common Ground Queensland, helping homeless people. She's well qualified. She's got a degree in arts from Bond University, Master of Defence Studies, and she's a graduate of the Australian Institute Director. So, no question about it, Diana knows her way around. Diana, lovely to have you here today. Thank you, Brian. My goodness, it's amazing when you hear somebody else introduce you how um, <laughs> overwhelming it is. So I've, I've been busy. You've been busy, exactly, and that's why we're here to pick your brain. So the exact reason that I was delighted to, to have you. So let's get straight into it. Um, the, the first question, um, we're talking here to a lot of smaller to medium-sized businesses who often, often aren't conscious of, of the element or... Or, or really aware that they may need public relations. So, what do businesses need? What, why do businesses need public re, public relations, Diana? Well, I'd like to say, Brian, that PR or public relations often is better than better value than advertising. You know, paying for advertising can really help spread the word about your business or your service, especially for those small businesses that you're talking to. However. It can be very expensive, and I'm sure that your listeners know that firsthand. Um, nothing can ever beat, though, a well-placed positive story in your local newspaper, on television, or anywhere on the internet. Um, if you have independent endorsement of your business by a known news organisation, I feel it can have a huge impact on your potential customers or clients. You know, for example. Brian, you might see an advertisement for a restaurant in your local area, but wouldn't a favourable review of the restaurant 
food, it's service, it's ambience has more influence on your decision perhaps to dine there than a straight advertisement. And that's why I say that often it's important to consider spending a little bit of time and energy at looking at PR because I feel that it can be better value than advertising. But the other important point, I guess, is also that PR lets people learn about you. And I, I often get asked the question about what do pe- what do, why do people want PR? Because it's about education and awareness. You know, if your listeners today want more clients and customers, you know, essentially they need the world to know that they exist and what they have to offer. And as you and I discussed, Brian, when we were with each other last time, um, as you mentioned, trust is paramount. Your potential customer or client needs to believe that you'll deliver on your promises and having great PR support means that you're in a position to tell your story to those people that matter. PR can see you promoted on television, it can see you in newspapers, you know, on the radio or across the internet and of course you know, social media and its plethora of engaging platforms is also where it's at. Absolutely. Now that's, that's a good point and um, I suppose... When we come to that, we'd all love to have, you know, article in the local newspaper. I'm sure a lot of listeners have drafted something and got something in the local newspaper because the free newspapers are always hungry for copy. But getting a more into a more elevated area of media, as you say, television or, or, or print media, online media, whatever it is, is not necessarily easy. There's thousands of people trying to do that. So what, is, what, is the, what are the media like to deal with and, and what is it they need? What are they looking for? Yeah, great question, Brian. Um, look, people often ask me what the media are really like, I have to tell you. Um, I tell everybody that I rarely have issues with any individual media representatives. You know, they have a job and that's to report the news or current affairs. Uh, I have a job too as a PR. Um, that's to promote my clients by giving those very journalists interesting information and pictures, pictures, vision to work with. You know, journalists are time poor, Brian, and they're resource poor. And these days they're stretched more thinly than ever before and they require information-rich, timely, well-written content from us that's instantly usable. Um, and this situation, while challenging, it's very challenging for journalists um, because they want to obviously have the time to do the stories themselves, ideally, but it provides people like me and PR with the opportunity to convey clients' messages and increase the chances of those messages reaching print, the screen or the airwaves. So in, you know, in general, journalists no longer have the time to do these extensive further research stories or rewrite a story with many points of view. As long as they trust a PR like me and appreciate that we are honest, they're more likely to take what we write and use it more or less verbatim. So the big thing is um, for your listeners, Brian, is that they need to know that journalists are, are also much like us in PR, interacting with their readership more than ever through websites and social media, meaning that they are being held accountable by their readers and are listening to what audiences want. So the traditional ways of disseminating messages to the media, you know, media alerts, 
media releases, you would have heard press releases, people putting out press mm. releases. They're, they're no longer a guarantee of media coverage, you know, although they do st- certainly have their place, that's true. Much more important, in my opinion now, is the personal touch. So people like me on client's behalf, picking up the phone and pitching in stories, building relationships with media outlets and listening to what those journalists want and need. Because at the end of the day, what do they want? They want news. You have to provide them with news. They don't want marketing blurb that just raves on about a business. They want you to give them something that's newsworthy. And in return you get a much more positive outcome most of the time. Um, It's true, while we'll never be able to control everything that's in the media, Brian, um, if we can provide quality copy, um, have a good working relationship with the media, and, and I always point this out, and a lot of PRs don't like me saying this, but I believe in true honesty and openness with the media, the chance of positive coverage is much higher than it would otherwise be. And at the very Cut least, the Brian, the, yeah, that's right. I mean, if you, if you, a lot of people say you can spin. You've heard of the term spin. <laughs> so it's true. You can spin things a bit when you're in the world of PR. But if you're honest and open with the media, they, generally speaking, will give you good coverage. And at the very least, the right of reply to a not so positive story is much more likely to occur if you've developed positive, good personal relationships with journalists. You know, we also use social media and take on board community comments and this gives us a way to instantly relay messages, acknowledge achievements within the community and in a time of crisis, it's a way, of course, using social media to give out important information. But it's all about having good relationships, not only with the journalists but also with your online community. Right, that that, that, that makes a lot of sense. When you and I met, um, I was giving a keynote address to a conference of a fairly large franchise group. You were there to brief them on some of the work you were doing. And whilst I remain nameless, it was interesting that the guy that owned the business actually was very reluctant from the point of view of getting exposure himself, whilst he was quite animated within his franchise group. Um, But because they had a previous issue before his ownership, you actually chose to focus on him, didn't you? That, that's an interesting one. Could you explain a little bit as to why you did that? Yes, absolutely, Brian. It's very difficult to come back from um, problems. Um, it is. I mean, let me let me. Be, I'll, I'll explain, I guess, um, more generally rather than focusing on that particular client. I'm often asked, Brian, how long does it take to fix? a company's reputation. Would you like me to focus on that to give you a bit of background? Yeah, great idea. Yeah, um, it's a risk we've all um, got, particularly social media being as, as, as uh, volatile as it is, yeah. That, that's right. The, the truth is, Brian, that if you or someone in your company or business has stuffed up, <laughs> repairing the damage yeah. will take time, okay? Um, this is an age of everyone wanting everything fixed and fixed yesterday. And what's more... Everyone wants things to be easy, but unfortunately when it comes to repairing damaged reputation, it takes time, it takes skill, and often money needs to be invested to try and fix the problem. But let me tell your listeners, the most important point to remember 
is that reputations of companies can be repaired over time. There needs to be a long-term strategy, okay? Every single person in the business needs to be on that reputation journey, the reputation journey, I like to call it. And in order to repair the damage, as I said, it's necessary to develop and implement an effective reputation management strategy. And when I say that, you need to develop a strategy that will help inform the community and your key stakeholders of any positive or negative information that needs to be shared. And I do focus again on that honesty, okay? So you need to talk about the positives, the changes that have been made, okay? But you can't shy away from the negatives, all right? So you mentioned that client previously. The problem there was that a previous owner of the the business had done something very negative, okay? And the new owner of the business who you referred to, he was doing so many and is doing so many positive things to improve the business and the business model and make it better for his franchisees. What I have been doing for the past few months is focusing very closely on him as a man and his new team changing the business, but I haven't shied away, okay, haven't shied away from the negative information. You don't have to focus on it, but there's no point hiding it, okay, because then journalists and the community, they look at you and think that you're a liar, okay, and you don't want to come across as a liar. You want to come across as what you are, an honest, good-working, good, hard-working business person, and a good business will have a great public relations firm or a great public relations officer within their business who's continually engaged with the media on their behalf, informing and educating them and the public about the organisation so its reputation can constantly be enhanced. Um, and that, I think, is really very important. It's about having a strategy. And if your people, if your team, you know, your listeners are writing it down now, it's about having a strategy about where you've been and where you want to where you want to go, um, and have somebody who's there championing the cause within your business, so that everybody, as I said, is on that reputation journey. Because it's very it is very difficult to come back instantly from a, a bad reputation crisis or problem, but if you do have a plan in place, you know prior planning prevents piss poor performance. Um, it's very important to think about that. <laughs> yeah, look, that makes absolute sense. Uh, from time to time, there are high-profile companies, not just in the franchise area, but obviously in all areas. Uh, but uh, we're focusing on franchising, of course. But I can think of one case where it was pretty, you know, they had a rough time for a period, you know, for a while, not just from journalists, but from, from, uh, from politicians as well and the general public. And then suddenly there's a bit of spin coming out and you're thinking, hey, they're, they're in denial. They're, what about this? So the back of your mind saying, oh yeah, <laughs> they're not acknowledging. So what you're saying is at least acknowledge the issue in some way so that people can sort of put it, say, oh, okay, yeah, that's fair enough. They accept that. We can move on and look at the good news sort of thing. Exactly. You're 100% spot on, Brian. It's about um, acknowledging the past and moving on to the future, like many of us in our everyday lives. You know, if you're having a problem in your home life, you need to think about what's happened in the past but reflect and focus on the future. But 
shying away from those those problems can make you look um, like you're not telling the community the truth. And if you're not telling the truth, then how are you going to attract customers or clients? You just can't. No, denial doesn't work. So tell me something. I mean, we do see identities and organisations that are consistently getting a place in in the media. Um, what, why why is it that's done? How is that achieved? Yeah, I, I, that's a really good question as well, Brian. Um, people do ask me why do certain people get on TV or, or paper all the time? It's because Often they've had a really good PR person behind them or somebody in their business behind them who is making them the go-to talent, okay? And it's because if they're the go-to talent, journalists and producers always are calling them to get their thoughts on particular issues. And if you have a good PR team behind you, you can see um, yourself promoted to journalists as an expert information source. And by becoming a go-to talent, you can grow impressive followings um, in your community, um, so just generally in the community, but also for your clients. It leads to credibility in the marketplace. And credibility, just like we talked about earlier, reputation and credibility is crucial, and that's what PR does for you. And what does that ultimately lead to for your listeners? It leads to increased business, okay? Because if you've got credibility and you've been in the media, um, and people listen, they hear you, they see you all the time, when they need your product or service, it might be six months down the track, they'll remember, oh, I saw Deanna Knott on TV, and Deanna was talking about PR, Um, I now need PR, she was interviewed by a credible journalist, so she must be good, so let's give her a call. So it may not happen immediately, it may happen down the track, but it's all about making you the go-to talent, the go-to expert in your field of expertise. But, and I often say to people in small business, don't worry if you haven't been interviewed by the media because good PR, like myself, I mean, I like to think we're good in my team, we provide interview technique training so you'll be fully prepared before you face a camera or a microphone because even the most seasoned talent, seasoned business person should always prepare for every media encounter that they have. That's really one big important thing that any of your listeners should write down right now for me is if they are going to do a media interview, so they've decided to write a newsworthy story inside their business, they've got some ideas they want to promote, they're not talking about their actual business, they're talking about the story behind their business because that's the newsworthy angle, okay, that people want to hear about. Um, they need to write down at least three very important key messages that they want to get across in that interview, okay, to help get it a newsworthy story, it has to have some good key messages. To be a good newsworthy story, it has to have good key messages. Write down those, but also practice, practice, practice before you pick up the telephone or face the camera to do an interview. That makes a lot of sense. So so really what you're saying is it, it, it is a longer-term investment. It's not just an overnight thing. And that, and that by doing it in any event, you're consolidating the position of your business. So that... That, it, that that's where you see that return on investment. Um, but uh, tell me, I mean, the reason I think a lot of people think about PR is 
oh, what if the what's it hits the fan, something goes wrong, may not have been their fault, doesn't matter, it's all about perception. And what can they do if, if, there's, if there's an incident or, or bad publicity that, um, uh, that they're exposed to? What, what, how, how can they best address that, Deanna? Well, protecting a company's reputation during times of crisis is absolutely imperative and it's essential to have a plan in place. Even if you don't suspect something's going to happen, um, anything can happen. Look at what happened um, at Dreamworld only, what, six, eight months ago, okay? Um, it's essential to have a skilled PR professional, in my opinion, crafting responses to tell your company or business's side of the story. So if something does hit the fan, get onto somebody like myself, if not myself, to get some assistance, to get some help in crafting those responses so that you can get your messages out. It's critical to have systems in place to support businesses before and during a crisis to keep an organisation working efficiently and effectively. Um, if you look at um, Dreamworld, for example, as a, I mean, everybody knows the tragedy that happened there with, you know, loss of life and, um, but it was also a, a PR disaster. Um, and if you look at that as an example, what do they need to do or what are they doing now? It's, it's a long journey for them. It's going to take years for Dreamworld to really regain the trust of the Australian public and international visitors. But, just like them, my message is don't give up. You know, think long term. You know, while incidents do happen and it's, it's terrible that incidents do happen in every business of all types, um, ultimately it's about focusing on your key issues, making sure that you get your messages out and be honest and truthful with the public and your clients and customers because I believe that honesty is the best policy and it's the best way to improve any reputation that may be in tattered. That makes a lot of sense. So, so there's an analogy there that comes to mind. It's a bit like being in a yacht on the ocean and uh, there's a major wind shift and uh, you get blown off course. You've just got to turn around and face it and just tack your way gradually back, bit by bit by bit, till you're back on course again. So it's, uh, it needs persistence and it needs an intelligent approach. So, so what you're saying is you need a disaster plan, really. Everybody needs a file with a disaster plan with a few key messages you've got ready because when you're in a state of panic, you probably won't come up with them. And you need to have a consultant or advisor or someone in your business who's briefed, ready to address that issue if and when it pops up. Is that, is that the reality for anyone that wants to be, I suppose, responsible in business? Well, Brian, I can see why you're the go-to person because that is 100% spot on what you just said. So if your if your listeners have written that down, what you just said, then they're going to um, have a lot less issues should a crisis occur in their business. Have a plan. Be prepared. Know what you want to tell your community, your customers, your clients. Should a terrible incident occur. And it can be a small incident or it can be a major incident. But if you have a plan of attack in place prior to it occurring, just as you just said, you can go and refer to that file. You can, when you're in a state of, of panic, 
you can have something to refer to and you can adapt, improvise and overcome the problem. And as I said, it is the best way to improve a reputation. If you have a plan in place and you roll it out slowly but surely, like the tortoise, um, you will be in a much better state, in my opinion. Thank you very much indeed for that, Dan. Now, my next question is a bit of an open one. I suppose you've pretty much answered it. So, but I'll, I'll, I'll put it to you anyway, because I know now it's going to be a very, a very rubbery answer. But <laughs> how long does it take to fix a company's reputation? Uh, <laughs> how long is a piece of string? Um, I guess, look, developing... Um, Developing that relationship again with your customers, your clients, can take time. Um, but I do want to point out that it is possible. You can do it. You just need to have that plan in place, in my opinion. But the best, even the best PR campaign, the best reputation management strategy, Brian, will not work if your product or your service is a poor one. Um, glitter only goes so far. You know, I, I'm often given a um, something that is just not fixable. Um, people come to me um, and have come to me over the past few years asking me to roll it in glitter and get it out there, but glitter can only go so far. So if you don't have a good product, you don't have a, a good service, it's just not possible to fix things. But if you do have a good product and something just has gone wrong within the business, as I mentioned earlier, where something has, somebody has done the wrong thing, okay? Somebody has put out information, there's been an accident or an incident which has been a negative one, then it is possible to recover. But if you're inherently bad, you know, it's, it's very difficult to fix the problem. And how long does it take? Well, it takes as, as long as it, as long as the um, as customers customers have to come along on that journey with you. Customers and clients need to come back to you. So I really can't give you a definitive answer for that question. That, that leads me back to what you were saying before, though, because the more prepared you are, the the, the, the better your reputation is in the first case. Then that's for me is the case for having an ongoing PR uh, program so that you make sure you're well positioned, so that if there is a glitch, um, if you do get something going adrift, at least you haven't got to come back from nowhere. At least you've already got a, a good positive awareness in the marketplace, so people will be perhaps sympathetic to you, I guess. Yes, that's very true, Brian. I mean, um, look at... Um, oh, I've got a mental blank on her name. Payne, um, the girl who who won the Melbourne Cup. Oh, yeah, um, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, she, um, she re- in the past week, she was found um, to have allegedly taken a banned substance, mm-hmm. and um, it was a, a weight reduction um, drug of some description, I believe. Okay, uh, something to stop her wanting to um, eat, appetite suppressant, I believe they call them. Anyway, um, even though she had actually, it appears, allegedly done the wrong thing, and I think she admitted to taking this, this particular drug and it was not allowed for her, because she had such a solid reputation in the marketplace with everybody in Australia going behind her after she won the Melbourne Cup, already the story has become old news. 
I, I know it was on TV solidly for about, you know, a 24-hour period, but because of who she is and because she has a good reputation already, just as you identified, okay, the story's more or less gone away. If you if you yes, have a good yes, story in place, right. you can get rid of the problem. Yes, yeah, uh, yeah. There's simply there. I think I think you're right, Michelle. I think it was, is it Michelle Payne? Michelle Payne. Yeah. That's right. Yeah, but I noticed also in the first sentence that was given on the news, and I saw it in the news. It said she is openly accepted and acknowledged that she made a mistake. Yes, so there you go. Yeah, mere culprit. She wasn't trying to pretend, oh, it was an accident and, you know, the, the usual thing you hear from sports celebrities who have, uh, have taken some, you know, some, some prohibited substance or something like that. Mm. Okay. Exactly. Right. So just like we were saying earlier, Brian, it's about acknowledging, it's about acknowledging the, the problem and then moving on from her. So she, she, like you said, she's acknowledged the problem She's accepted responsibility for the problem and now she's moving forward. And that's exactly the analogy that I would like to see businesses have in place as well should a problem occur within their organisation. Excellent, excellent. We've covered a lot of ground in a comparatively short time, so thank you very much for being so focused. Is there anything else you'd like to add to, um, to this interview, Deanna, before we close? Well, Brian, I mean, I, I would... Um, like to offer your listeners um, an opportunity to have a chat with me if they'd like. You know, if if they are looking to improve awareness and understanding of their business, I could certainly happily offer them, you know, a complimentary PR consultation, half an hour of my time to discuss their business, their goals, um, and what they'd like to achieve from public relations, especially given um, our discussion today. You know, a Skype call um, would be ideal because I know that you have listeners across the whole nation. Um, so if they would like to have a chat with me, then they can certainly get in contact with me through my website, wingspr.com.au, and I'm sure that you'll put those um, details out there to your listeners. Um, I am very busy, though, but I, I do truly believe I have a passion for helping um, helping businesses, helping organisations get their messages out there. But... Please don't come to me if you want me to spin something that's not true because I do, as I said a couple of times during our discussion today, Brian, believe in honesty and um, truthfulness, especially with journalists because they will find you out in the end if you don't tell the truth. And if I can leave that with your listeners um, as something to remember, um, even if they don't ever get any professional PR support, it's always more important to have something to say than say no comment. That makes absolute sense, you know, and in franchising particularly where uh, a lot of franchisors are on a, on a journey of growth, often rapid growth, that, that reputation journey as you described it is something that's going to add to your consolidation and, and your, I suppose, the opportunity in the marketplace for you, so excellent. Um, Deanna, thank you very much indeed. I've certainly picked up quite a bit of news there in talking to you today, so I really do appreciate it. And I hope everyone else, else has, uh, has enjoyed it as well and gleaned some worthwhile pointers. Always happy to get in touch with me at any time through the website or through my, uh, through my phone or email. Just like to close off by saying, Deanna, thank you very much for your precious time. Really appreciate it. And I look forward to, uh, to seeing you again sometime soon. Well, Brian, it's been an absolute pleasure spending time with you this morning and thank you so much for inviting me on the program.